Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. That was much better. You liked that, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm glad that we watched it the way we did, the first episode by itself, mm-hmm. and then the last episode by itself, and the two middle ones in the middle, because the two middle ones had sort of the objectionable parts that I had trouble with, uh-huh. and I could just kind of pretend that didn't happen uh, for the first <laughs> and last in some ways, you you can pretend that uh, the most troublesome parts, which are the Ian and Barbara bits, mm-hmm. never happened at all because the Doctor and Vicky I, never. I did not know that they never ever, you know, that they took the farce that far that they never actually met up and realized that they were all mm-hmm. together. That is that is something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clever and funny. Yeah, yeah. The the only bit that I didn't like so much is I feel like it was. <clears throat> The very last little bit with Ian and Barbara was directed or acted a little bit wrong because they'd gone for broad comedy and it's been farcical this whole time. Right. And then at the end when Ian discovers that it was Barbara that actually hit him mm-hmm. over the head with the uh, the jug, if he would have played that a little bit more comically, mm-hmm. that he was chasing her around to give her a swirly and not – like I think that would have been a delightful, charming way to finish it off. But William Russell went – a little bit too like he actually seemed like he was mad and (laughs) that was then we were right back to disturbing so that was that was a little weird because given the way they had been interacting earlier i could absolutely have seen him going how dare you missy and chasing her around like you know in a cute sort of way right um so in in my headcanon that's how it happened like i'm gonna pretend i didn't see what i just saw ian out of the four of them Mm -hmm. did go through the most he did he did. Yeah. Uh, a lot of strife mm-hmm. for poor Ian. But Ian's also not stupid. No. So uh, he's not going to think for a moment that Barbara did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. He's, <laughs> I, I give him a little more credit than that as a character. I, I feel like I feel like it w- the character was not well served by, by the way that was portrayed at the end there. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. What else about this episode did you like more than the uh, the rest? Of it? Just that it didn't deal with objectionable that objectionable stuff. Uh huh. Um, I yeah, like I, I liked I liked um, I liked Peter Diamond as Delos because he was very <gasps> yes yes yes. It was a nice mm-hmm. little friendship, and he helped, and you know they they mm-hmm. were worried about having to kill each other and everything. And uh, Peter Diamond is the guy who played him. He's he's also been in a few other Doctor Who's in the 60s and 70s, but he was also the primary stunt arranger for a lot of films, including, I think, all three of the original Star Wars trilogy. Really? So you look at that fight, the sword Mm -hmm. fight at the end of the last episode. That's why. I was impressed. That is arranged by, and even William Russell did a great job of playing along with that. He did. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. Like whenever you see Peter Diamond uh, in uh, as an acting role, mm-hmm. you can tell that there's probably going to be some sort of stunt <laughs> element coming. And yeah, that was it. The uh, as soon as I saw them, you know, go into the <coughs> quote unquote arena to mm-hmm. fight. I was kind of rolling my eyes inwardly because of that little scene that we had had earlier <laughs> with two, and it, that wasn't uh, that wasn't Peter Diamond and William no, Russell. It was just two it other people, not. like very tentatively tapping their little swords with each other. You could tell that they had not worked anything out. No, just no. Tip, tip, tap. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, great, we're gonna have more of that." And then they went at it, and I was just like, "Oh, I know it was blazing is, fast." Yeah, 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 I was I was quite impressed with that. So that was that was a, a nice thing. And now just knowing that about Peter Diamond. Impressive. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, I, I I meant to say actually earlier uh, in the earlier podcast that I I quite like that character and I think 
um, you know, I ship him and Ian just a little bit. Like I felt like I felt like he really had a bit of a crush on him. A you know, bit. whether it was platonic or or romantic, whatever it was, it was it was nice to see Ian making a bond that strong with someone that he had just met. Mm-hmm. Whereas it it's it seems like it's often the female characters that make that sort of a connection with somebody. So I thought it was really cool to see to see two men come together and have that sort of a a strong relationship. That was mm-hmm. nice. And they, uh, you know, and at the very end, Delos, they never had a goodbye scene, which is unfortunate, but Delos actually led yes. them back to the villa because he mm-hmm. was going north to where his home was, too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's that's a wonderful spot for headcanon there. The, leave People that to the can, fanfic. There you yep, go. can think about that uh, that goodbye scene in whatever way they choose. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't mind it when Doctor Who leaves some, some things open a little bit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose so. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it closed out all right. I, I oh, that's can, good. Like I said before, I can see why people would like this. It's, I mean, overall, it's a really strong story. Mm-hmm. It's very well written. It's very well acted. Pretty much mostly well directed. The sets are great. The costumes are good. Uh, I just have personal trouble with some of the, uh, with some of the subject matter. So, right. and, 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 and I make no apologies for, it, for ruining it for me mm-hmm. um, because of that. But, but I can also recognize the, the good things and the strengths. Although now it's it's interesting to know it's written by Dennis Spooner who was the story editor for season two taking over from David Whitaker on the first one now, mm-hmm. the remit as the show began was you know basically semi educational when it came to historical stories going back mm-hmm. in time and sort of learning about the past and everything and this is uh, Dennis Spooner's first crack at Doctor Who historicals and he plays very fast and loose with the actual facts. Yes, like Nero would have been, uh, I don't remember exactly what age he was when he died, but it was long before. (laughs) two maybe or something like that? I don't even know if he made it that long. Long before he was the age of of the actor here. Derek Francis, yeah. Um, I I had always heard that he was playing the fiddle while Rome was burning, and maybe maybe that's not correct. It's probably as apocryphal as perhaps as... Mm -hmm. Him, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably just probably back in the day. Probably, oh, Nero's doing nothing. So they probably, mm-hmm. who knows what they, I don't know the I, story of it. But I did actually appreciate the ending scene with the doctor and Vicky, you know, Vicky pointing out mm-hmm. that it was the doctor that actually gave him the idea to burn you Rome. Uh, you know, and you kind of see the doctor realizing his place in history, mm-hmm. you know, that he's working it out in his mind. Okay, well, I guess I did cause that. Would that have happened anyway if I hadn't have been here? I don't know. The thing that I wasn't crazy about it was the fact that they were just sitting and staring at it like it was a campfire going, Mm -hmm. oh, look, isn't this delightful? We're watching history happen while thousands of people are burning right in front of them. Um, It's just, that's that's the show looking at it from the standpoint of of now as opposed to thinking what an actual time traveler would feel about that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a kid's show. I, I forgive it that, but it, it does make me give it the side eye a little bit. <laughs> How dare you, 1965 drama, for not dealing with the mm-hmm. personal effects of this thing. No, but it's uh, it's it's interesting to see. And it's Dennis Spooner who is sort of driving this, and mm-hmm. you know, as, as we see as the years go on, the approach to historicals in Doctor Who changes. Mm. Um, possibly thanks to Dennis Spooner. Interesting. But no spoilers. We'll talk about that uh, in, in further episodes to come. I look forward to it. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a couple emails that we've uh, had over the past almost month or so mm-hmm. that uh, we have yet to address. So we're going to do that now. Okay. What's the first one? This first one is from listener Joel <clears throat> in mm-hmm. Melbourne, Australia. And he says, subject question for you guys. 
Hi guys, love your podcast. I want to know what's your guiltiest pleasure when it comes to Doctor Who. You know, that one you love when everyone else seems to think otherwise. Mine is Nightmare in Eden. Along with that, if you had to give out awards called They Didn't Get It, an award for a Doctor Who story that you get but no one else does, and We Didn't Get It, an award for a Doctor Who story that you didn't get that everyone else does, in other words, the Aztecs for Erica, <laughs> what would you give? Thanks, Joel. Guilty pleasure. Was it you who had a problem with the, the term guilty pleasure? I don't believe in the concept of right. guilty pleasure simply because I don't feel guilty for any of the things that, that bring me pleasure. Right. I mean, you know, if the thing that brings you pleasure is, you know, burning other people alive in the middle of Rome, maybe you should feel guilty yeah, about that. But bit, if it's... Uh, you should be charged guilty for that, too, actually. <laughs> yes. More seriously. But if you like watching Nightmare of Eden, uh, I don't think you should feel we guilty. Love Nightmare of Eden. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I adore we it. Love here. it. Uh, high five, Joel, because yep. Nightmare of Eden is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that would qualify as a guilty pleasure. I know what he means. It like something that's that seems to be uniformly terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would have said the gunfighters for me. But I think enough people have sort of come to reappraise it over the years that it's no longer that much of a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that mine is is sort of. And I'm going to answer both of these questions at once, I think, simply yeah. because I don't feel guilty about it. Uh, but the, the they didn't get it award and the quote-unquote guilty pleasure thing for me is Underworld. I love I was going to say Underworld. Underworld. Uh, <laughs> Were you really? Yeah, I love Underworld a bit. <laughs> but, but partly because one of my earliest memories of watching Doctor Who was a scene from Underworld. Oh. Yeah. Which one? Uh, it's when Edas. Is it Edas? I don't remember names. He's... Uh, uh, the, he's just been rescued, and they're sort of in the um, the bridge of the not the bridge, but they're in a corridor on the ship, the P seven E, and it's where he's sort of like sitting there, and the doctor says, "Hello, Edas, I'll help you," and all this, and he's like very, he's kind of like timid and wounded, and Leela's there and saying, you know, he has helped many fathers or something. It's that scene anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the dialogue, but I just remember probably when I was eight or nine. I think wow. it's one of my earliest memories of watching Doctor Who. So neat. Yeah, always always look fondly mm-hmm. on that one. I I also remember it from from being a child. I don't remember seeing a specific scene. I just remember the reveal of the P7E being Persephone and all of the, you know, the Greek any knowledge difference to me. I well, I was a nerd kid. I always oh. loved uh, I always loved mythology. Mm-hmm. Somehow I came across Greek mythology at a very young age. I don't know how, mm-hmm. uh, but I was always excited by that. So it was one of those little mind-blowing moments for tiny little Erica to be like, oh my gosh, it's it's the future and spaceships, mm-hmm. but it's you know Greek mythology. And yeah, that was, I loved it. Um, so there's that little bit of nostalgia. But beyond the nostalgia, I think it is such an ambitious story. I mean, they had nothing to work with when it comes to yeah. the sets. And yeah, it looks ridiculous and janky, but gosh darn it, they tried. And there's a lot of ridiculous and janky stuff in the history of Doctor Who, and none of that bothers me because I'm I'm all about the story and the characters. And I thought that that was an interesting story and has some of the best Leela moments. Some it really of my, does. My absolute favorite Leela stories, this is one of them. She gets to be the Doctor as much as as much as she ever does really in this story. I mean, Nuhu has the characters of the the companions really learning to be the doctor. It's kind of a big part of every Nuhu character arc. Mm-hmm. That was not such a big thing back then. Sometimes you got a little bit of that 
But I loved seeing Leela progress from complete savage who knows nothing and just wants to kill everyone to, uh, you know, the kind of person who apparently is willing to uh, stick around on Gallifrey when mm-hmm. the doctor leaves. Uh, but I feel like this was a really big step in that the doctor's not around and she is explaining to these people who have never seen the sky what the stars are all about and, right. and what that means. So she gets to be the person who knows who is wise and I'm probably going to repeat all of this, but <laughs> when we talk about underworld, yeah, I won't say too much about it either. But it will be in like it. a gazillion years before we get there. That's so. true. So I'm not worried about it. Anyway, so that is that is my answer for that. Um, the, the we didn't get an award. What what is something that everybody else loves that you don't? That I don't. I'll tell you. Um, if we if we're going to go old and new, who it's mm-hmm. the girl in the fireplace for me. Mm. That just it just leaves me cold and flat every time I watch it. I think every time I watch it, I think, oh, this is the time that I'm going to see through it, and no. It never mm-hmm. happens. I just, I, It's just not a favorite of mine. We are a well-matched couple. I wasn't going to say that, but I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Moffat lover when it Me comes too. to writing and stories, but yeah, I'm just, I don't I think I've, like that. I don't think I've liked many of, apart from Blink, I haven't really liked Moffat's stories before he came showrunner. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to like his stuff. From eleventh hour onwards. Interesting. Yep. Um, but now here is where we are not well matched because the answer I was going to give yeah. for that we didn't get it is Caves of Androzani. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody loves it, and yeah. I think it's boring and dour. And I mean, I guess I can. No, I. I don't know. I, <laughs> please don't divorce me, dear. I knew this going in. I knew this going in, but it just yeah. hurts to commit it to mm-hmm. digital audio tape as well, we're doing now. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll get around to it, and I'll watch it again and see something I. And you realize didn't see. what what the things that people like about mm-hmm. it are? Yeah, I think the things that people like about it are just often the things that I don't mm-hmm. like about it, or many of them, not all of them. Uh, so. Yeah, not looking forward to getting there because we will be at war, but. <laughs> Oh, was there another email? We'll get through it. There is one more. Uh, there, right there. Do you want to read this one? I'll read this one. Uh, okay. okay, here we go. This comes from James Moore's. Um, Dear Stephen and Erica, I was a little boy, aged six, when the Dalek invasion of Earth first aired, and it scared me half to death. Holy crap. Did you remember to record them, James? It's <laughs> the most important question here. Uh, it was really a kid's show. Way too scary, in my opinion, to be shown at about 6 p.m. Saturday tea time. I thought the Daleks were real. Anyway, as a result, my mom barred me from watching future episodes, and to this day, I have never seen the rest of this season. Oh, wow. Wow. I think it's time I caught up with it and joined the podcast. Keep up the good work. All the best, James. Well, how about that? That's amazing. That's been literally over 50 years that James here has held off from watching the second season of Doctor Who. That is, that is amazing. That is quite something. Well, I hope, uh, I hope James, you're enjoying it. We're about... We're almost halfway through season uh, two, actually. So I hope that uh, mm-hmm. I hope that you're enjoying that. I hope that you, Erica. I hope you're not too scared. <laughs> I hope you're not too scared of the Daleks anymore. Uh-huh. Um, they can be a bit bit creepy. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know. I, I, now that you're a grown up, I hope you can afford a nice sofa to hide behind if necessary. <laughs> Hopefully, all right. Uh, well, I guess that's it for the Romans then. Yeah, well, we did eat our uh, our stuffed grape leaves and uh, and have some olives. Yeah, and as that was nice. as uh, as we we're recording this on on my phone here, the little message popped up: the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. Oh, did they? They won. 
Sorry to our friends from Carolina. Yeah. Congratulations to our friends from Colorado. from Colorado. There you go. You got legalized marijuana and now a Super Bowl champion once again. How about mm-hmm. that? I, st- I kind of don't feel like... I, I don't want to leave you, Erica, mm-hmm. on this evening having not been you know, fully entertained by <laughs> futuristic space Fantastic mm-hmm. Doctor Who. So I kind of yeah. want to watch the Web Planet now a little bit. I would be happy to uh, to at least watch a few episodes. I don't know how many how many episodes. Is there Web are Planet? six. Is that six? Yeah, I thought it might be six. Yeah. Well, maybe we won't get through the whole thing, but uh, I definitely think we should watch some. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Maybe finish off those potato chips. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We still have some potato chips left. You don't. You don't want to. You want to save them for I'm later. I'm kind of full, but you know what? By episode three or four of the Web Planet. We'll I might need them, again. so mm-hmm. yeah, so okay. sustenance to keep us going. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen the Web Planet before. Really? Yes, I don't really remember much, but I think this is one that I had access to, so I'm, I'm excited to see if I remember anything as we watch it. It's been a long time since I watched it, and I haven't paid attention. That's the great thing about this podcast is that I think I find myself paying attention to it a lot more mm-hmm. when I'm watching it with you because you might be watching it for the first time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it, too. Well, yeah, let's get to it. Okay, then. Okay. Okay, bye. bye.